0: Todd's Road Grace Church would like to invite you to listen to a sermon by our pastor, Todd Nybert. We are located at 4137 Todd's Road, two miles outside of Manowar Boulevard. Sunday services are at 1030 a.m. and 6 p.m. Bible study is at 945 a.m. Wednesday services are at 7 p.m. Nursery is provided for all services. For more information, visit our website at toddsroadgracechurch.com. Now here's our pastor, Todd Nybert. I'm going to read a verse of scripture that is the Lord's reply to the woman of Samaria. She said in verse 9, then saith, this is John chapter 4, verse 9, Then saith the woman of Samaria, how is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? Samaria for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Now the Lord answers her in a way that I'm sure she was not expecting. Let's listen to the Lord's answer. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is, that saith to thee give me to drink thou wouldest have asked of him and he would have given thee living water. I've entitled this message if you knew you'd ask and he would give. If you knew You would ask, and he would give. Now, I suppose that the verse of Scripture that I uh, just read, there's never been a sermon preached that would do this passage justice, and I'm sure that after I finish, that fact will not have changed. But pray for me and pray for yourself as I attempt to bring this message if you knew, you'd ask. And he would give. Now, this answer begins with the word if. A, a conjunctional, conditional word. If. If you knew. Then you would. It's a conditional conjunction. If. You knew. If you do not know, you will not ask. If you do, you will ask. If you knew. Now, the Lord knows at this time that this woman does not know when he says, if you knew. But I'm so thankful for the way he dealt with this woman. And I pray that this is the way he deals with me and this is the way he deals with you. If you knew. Now, did you know that we're not saved by our knowledge, but we're not saved apart from knowledge? Knowledge is absolutely necessary. Now, I'm not saved by me knowing something. I'm saved because Christ saved me. But he saved me. I know that. I think of what... The Lord said in John chapter 8, verse 32, you shall know the truth. There you go. Somebody says, can we really know the truth? Well, the Lord says we can. You shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. It's not your knowledge of the truth that makes you free, but the truth himself. He said, I am the truth. And he is the one who makes you free. If the Son shall make you free, you shall be free. Free indeed. Now, while our knowledge of the truth does not save us, all who are saved know the truth. In John chapter 17, verse 3, the Lord said, This is eternal life, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Paul said in 2 Timothy 1.12, I know whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him against that day. I love Romans 8.28, and we know, this is not conjecture, this is not a good guess, and we know that all things work together for good, to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Paul, how do you know that? How do you know that everything is working together for good to them that love God and to them who are the called according to his purpose? Now here's the answer to that question: because I know the character of God. This lines up with the character of God. Those who believe God know God, they know his character. Now the Lord says to this woman, if you knew the gift of God. You know, the natural man just does not know. He't he believes in God. Somebody says, "I'm an atheist." Well, you weren't always an atheist. You began believing in God, and for whatever reason you don't now, but it hadn't always been that way. Atheism is a blind leap into the dark. You weren't always an atheist. You believed in the existence of God but you and I by nature are blind to the character of God. Logic tells us God must have created the universe. The creation tells us an all-powerful being created this, but we can't know his character apart from revelation. We're all ignorant of God. And that's what he says to this woman. If you knew, the fact of the matter is you don't, but if you did. I think of what Paul said in Romans chapter 10, and this is where we're all ignorant. He speaks of the Jews. He says, I bear them record, they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness. Now, this is where every natural man falls short. We have an ignorance of the righteous character of God. That's why men sit in judgment on God. That's why they say, how can a loving God let this happen? And how could this take place? If there really is a God, they're judging God. Or they hear the gospel about how God elected a people and Christ died for the elect and accomplished their salvation. They say, how could that be fair? They stand in judgment of God because they're ignorant of God's righteousness. You see, if I have an understanding of God's righteousness, I see that I'm a sinner and I have no claims on God. Now, here's what these people do that are ignorant of God's righteous character. They, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. If you knew. No natural man knows. They're blind to the character of God. But if you did know. Now, Thank God he does make himself known to people. And when he makes himself known, you know God. You know his character. You know his person. If you knew, and the only way you'll know is if he makes himself known. You remember when the Lord said to Peter, after Peter's uh, bold confession, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. He said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. Flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. But my Father, which is in heaven. And he's getting ready to make himself known to this woman. He identifies himself as the Christ. He said with regard to himself, I that speak unto thee am he. I am the Christ. He's going to make himself known. But as yet, she does not know. If you knew the gift of God. No man by nature understands salvation being a gift. If you knew the gift of God. Now, I don't want to make knowledge a savior because it's not. Your knowledge won't save you. But it's still said in the scriptures that salvation is coming to the knowledge of the truth. And faith is the faith of God's elect, the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness. Repentance. If God peradventure will grant them repentance to the acknowledgement of the truth. Repentance, you change your mind. You didn't believe the truth and now you do. There is no salvation apart from the truth. Now, he says, if you knew the gift of God, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Now, God's gift... Is like no human gift. God's gift is with no strings attached. No strings attached. This is the only gift that has no strings attached. Now, you may think, well, I give gifts without any strings attached. I give gifts to my children, and I don't have any strings attached. Yeah, they're your children, too. Only God gives his gift with no strings attached. And this is just impossible for the natural man to comprehend. Uh, We naturally think we earn salvation by what we do, by what we accept, but that's not the way it works. Salvation is a gift. The wages of sin are death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And the Lord Jesus is actually spoken of in 2 Corinthians 9.15 as the unspeakable gift. He is such a glorious gift that the vehicle of language can never describe him. He's the unspeakable gift of God. His righteousness in Romans chapter 5 verse 17 is called the gift of righteousness. If you're righteous before God, there's not something you did to make yourself that way. It's because he gave you this gift precious gift for Christ's sake. You say, Christ took you. If you're righteous, it's because Christ took your sins and made them his own and paid for them and gave you his righteousness so that it actually belongs to you. The gift of righteousness. Now, here's what all this means. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God Not of works, lest any man should boast. If salvation's God's gift, and it is. If his son is his gift, and he is. If righteousness is his gift. I mean, every aspect of salvation is his gift. If you have faith, it's because he gave it to you. If you have a new heart, he said, a new heart also will I give you. If you have repentance, that's the gift of God. If you have love to Him, that's the gift of God. Every aspect of salvation is the gift of God. And here's what that means not of works. God giving you something isn't Him responding to anything that you or I do. If God's gift comes as a response to what we do, salvation's by works. He saved us. He called us with a holy calling. 2 Timothy 1.9 Not according to our works. But according to his own purpose and grace. Which were given us. In Christ Jesus. Before the world began. If you knew the gift of God. Jesus Christ. And everything regarding his salvation. Is the free gift. Of God. Now he goes on to say to this woman, if you knew, she didn't as of yet, she will, because he's going to make himself known. But he says this if you knew the gift of God, and if you knew who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, not only must I know the gift, I must know the giver of the gift. If you knew, who it was that was speaking to you. If you did, you'd ask. Now, I want to ask you a question. Do you know who Jesus Christ of Nazareth is? I didn't ask you if you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I hope you do. I hope I do. But when... Preachers make a big issue of your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I know what we'll do. We'll start examining our relationship, and we'll start looking within, and we'll start looking to our own subjective feelings and experiences to try to see if we measure up. You you don't read anything in the Bible, uh, that term, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, if you if you know him, you love him. There is a relationship, but this emphasis that preachers put on, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Let me ask you another question. Do you know who he is? Let me tell you who he is according to the scriptures. He's God. He's the creator. He's the only savior of sinners. Colossians chapter 2 verse 9 says, In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead in a body. He said, he that has seen me has seen the Father. Do you know who Jesus Christ is? He's the God man. He's the creator. He's the one who controls everything and everybody. He's the Lord. He's my Lord and he's your Lord. Somebody says he's not my Lord. Well, he is. You just don't know it. Uh, Scripture says he's Lord both of the dead and the living. If you don't know him, he's still your Lord because he is the Lord. He's the Lord of glory. Do you know who he is? He's God manifest in the flesh. Now, if you know who he is, you'll ask. You'll know there isn't anything else to do. You'll ask. Um, I think of... uh, What is said of Abraham, he was fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to do. Paul said he's able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. You see, you ask him when you know he's the only one that has the ability to give you what you're asking for. There is no other source. If you knew the gift of God and who it is, who I am that is speaking to you, who it is that saith to you, Give me to drink, you would have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. You'd ask. Now, I love the King James Version. I preach from the King James Version. I don't say that the King James Version is literally inspired. It's a translation. It's only the Greek and Hebrew that are inspired, but I love the King James Version and this word ask is translated by several other words in the King James Version that give us some idea of what it means to ask. If you would have known the gift of God and who it is that saith and did he give me to drink, you would have asked him and he would have given the living water. Now this word ask is also translated beg. You know when you beg When you don't have anything to pay, you don't have anything to bring to the table. You're reduced to begging because you know you cannot pay. Same word is translated beg. It's translated crave. You crave him. You desire him. It's translated desire. It's translated require. Now listen to this. This is what I require. I require, or I won't be saved... For him to do everything for me. I require for Christ to be made unto me wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Or I won't be saved. I require salvation by grace. Or I have no hope. I require the death of Christ to be a sufficient sin payment to where paid for all my sins. Or I have no hope. Ask. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. Everyone that asketh asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be open to him. Now here's what he said: If you knew the gift of God and who it is that's speaking to you, you would have asked of him, and he would have given you living water, water associated with spiritual life, life from the dead. If you knew, you'd ask, and he'd give 100% of the time. Now, let's look at this woman's response to what the Lord said. Verse 11, The woman saith unto him, Sir, and I think she's being very uh, respectful, yet she still doesn't understand what he's saying. Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? All she understood was H-T-O. H-2-O. Um, Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us this well, and drank of himself and his children and his cattle? All she understood was physical water. And then the Lord replies to her. He understood her ignorance. And as I said, he's going to end up making himself known to her. But he makes this statement, and there's so much in this statement. Whosoever drinketh this water shall thirst again. Now you can drink of this water, this physical water, and it'll quench your thirst today, but you'll thirst again tomorrow. And that can be said of every human activity. Whatever you're doing, you will thirst again. You may have religion, and you may be doing many things that you hope will prove to you that you're saved. But at some point, you 'll thirst again. You'll be saying, "Have, if what I've, is it enough? Is what I 've done enough? Can I truly believe that I 'm saved?" You'll thirst again. If you try to find your satisfaction in your family, well, I hope you find much happiness in your family. I hope I do, but you'll thirst again. There's not true satisfaction there. You may uh, try to find your um, satisfaction in your marriage in your spouse you'll thirst again. You may try to find satisfaction in your career. You may reach all your career objectives, but you'll thirst again. You may give yourself to all your activities and your recreations and enjoy them so much, but at some point, you're going to thirst again. Uh, The fact of the matter is, every human activity has this after it. You will thirst again. But... Verse 14, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Now, do you hear what he says to this woman? He says, if you drink of the water that I give, you'll never thirst. Again, Now, what does that mean? Because is not one of the Beatitudes, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. I should always be thirsting for God. I should always be thirsting for fellowship and communion with Him. And I am. I'm, I thirst for Him. I thirst to know Him. And if I quit thirsting, I'm not alive. So what does the Lord mean when he says not thirsting again? If you drink of the water of this world, you'll thirst again. But whoso drinketh of the water that I should give him shall never thirst. He'll find complete satisfaction. Now, I know exactly what that means. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 10, Paul said, You are complete in In Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in Him. Nothing lacking. Nothing missing. If I'm in Christ, I can't get any more saved. I can't get any more loved. I can't get any more accepted. And I'm satisfied simply to be found in Him. I do not want anything else but to be found in Him. I want no other righteousness but His righteousness. The only way I want to be saved is by His free grace. And I'm satisfied with that. I'm satisfied in being saved by Him. I'm not looking for anything else. A lot of times religious people are always looking for something else. Another feeling, another another experience. I don't want anything else. I'm complete in the Lord Jesus Christ and I am completely satisfied. I think of what Paul said in Romans chapter 8. If God be for us, who can be against us? You know what? I'm satisfied with that. If God's for me, i got nothing to fear. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? I'm satisfied that everything God requires of me, he gives me for Christ, for Christ's sake. And he does so freely. He didn't spare his son. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It's God that justifieth I'm satisfied with that. Nothing can be brought to my charge. Because God justified me. My sin was put away. Who is he that condemneth? It's Christ that died. I'm satisfied with that. I need no other argument. I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died. And that he died for me. I am satisfied. To be saved by the Lord Jesus Christ. Now. Let me ask you a question. Is God satisfied with what his son did? Is God completely and infinitely satisfied with what his son did so that he's not looking for anything else? Well, look at the empty tomb. And that answers that question. When God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he said, I'm satisfied with what he did. I'm satisfied with his sin payment. I'm satisfied with everyone in him. God is completely, infinitely satisfied with what Christ has done. And beloved, I am satisfied with what God has is satisfied with. I'm satisfied to be saved by the Lord Jesus Christ. The scripture says in 1 Corinthians 1.30, he's made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. My satisfaction has nothing to do with my works. My satisfaction is found here. He said it's finished and there's nothing for me to do. All I have is Christ. All I want is Christ. All I need is Christ, and I am completely satisfied to be saved by him. Now he says, whoso drinketh of the water that I shall give him, never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him. A well of water springing up into everlasting life. Now my physical body will die, but my spiritual man will never die. And when this physical body dies, I will be in the presence of him who gave me life. And that's how I will spend eternity perfectly conformed to his image, beholding his beauty and his glory. That well springing up into everlasting life that is now will be then as well. Now, if you knew, oh, may God make each of us to know if you knew the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, give me to drink, you would ask, and he would give unto thee everlasting life. To receive a copy of the sermon you have just heard, send your request to todd.nybert at gmail.com, or you may write or call the church at the information provided on the screen.